Hello, and welcome to the Desert Spring United Methodist Church podcast, Wednesday Word. It's our podcast to take a deeper dive into the weekly sermon. And actually, this week's sermon was by Pastor Lee Weber. If you didn't get a chance to watch it yet, you can find him on our website at desertspringchurch.com. My name is Julie Hart. I'm the Director of Connectional Ministries here at Desert Spring. And I have two first-time guests today on the podcast that I'm very excited about. We have Lindsay Hurley and Tracy Brown. So, Lindsay, let's just, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and your history here at Desert Spring? Yes. So, I'm Lindsay, and I have been attending Desert Spring for 20 years now. And I have been on staff for four years So I started uh, here at age 10 in Mm. the children's choir and went through youth group and moved on to being an employee. That is, actually, I just saw an old children's choir picture the other day. So I'm like, oh, and these people are grown up now. It's so great. Oh, yes. (laughs) It is great to have you here. Thank you. Also, we have Tracy Brown. Hello, my name is Tracy and I'm the director at Potosi Pines Camp. Um, and we have a great partnership with Desert Springs. So um, while I'm not an official member, I feel like I belong just the same. And uh, so I'm happy to be here. Yeah, wonderful. And our audio engineer, Chris Devereaux. Hello. Hello. <laughs> okay. So we are going to, uh, the format is to, I will read Pastor David's devotional, and we will stop along the way as he poses questions for us to discuss. Uh, and the scripture reading for the devotional comes from Romans 12, 2. And it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so I'm reading Pastor David's devotional. So when it says I, it's really him. So here we go. As we bring an end to the series of sermons and devotionals on revival, I must say that I have enjoyed thinking and reflecting upon the life of John Wesley and how the revival he began so many years ago is part of my story. I am a United Methodist Christian saved by the grace of God. This grace that has saved me comes to me freely, not because of anything I have done, but solely on what Christ has done for me and for you. The Christian life begins by an act of of God towards us. Living as a Christian is simply living in response to what God has done and is doing in our lives. What I've experienced as a follower of Jesus Christ is grace upon grace upon grace. By grace I am alive and here with you today. It is by grace that I am saved. It is grace upon grace that I continue to grow in my faith and that I have something to say. And it is God's grace that gives me the assurance that more is still to come. God is not finished with me yet. The life of discipleship is simply living in response to grace. In Wesley's words, a true faith shows itself in action, and we put our faith in action, responding to grace. Grace abounds all the more. And so his first question is, what does living your faith each day look like in your life? Think of some examples of ways your faith gets lived in your day-to-day interactions. And Tracy, let's go ahead and start with you. Okay. Um, Well, of course, you know, the big things come to mind, prayer, scripture, um, being part of a a Christian community, um, finding ways to be in service. Um, But I think it goes beyond that, too. I mean, it's it's the everyday little things, like um, the kind of entertainment we choose to partake in, 
um, the way we react when our baseball team doesn't win. <laughs> um, Go Angels. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, just in, in the way we treat the environment, um, the way we treat um, the waitress at the restaurant, you know, it's, 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 it's ingrained, it should be ingrained in everything we do um, and, and certainly in the language that we use. Um, and it should just be a reflection of who we are. Um, our faith needs to be shining out from us in all that we do. I feel like I've heard you teach that lesson at camp <laughs> 150 times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it's true because it's, it's something we have to be reminded of constantly. I mean, it's, it's easy to say, mm -hmm. but then, of course, the doing of it is not always quite as simple. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, very true. Very true. And so what say you, Lindsay? So I love how you said how we treat people because that when I read that question, that's exactly what came to mind. And for me, it's how I go about my friendships and the relationships mm -hmm. that I enter in day to day. Um, I think with my generation, with my age group, uh, friendship is really hard for millennials. I mm. see evidence of that online in like mom groups all the time where somebody will post that they just feel so lonely and they've moved here five years ago and they haven't really made any solid, um, decent friendships. Mm. So when I enter into a relationship with someone, um, a friendship or my relationship with my husband, I just try to make sure that I put out 100% um, into the friendship, which is what I would want to get out mm -hmm. of it. And I kind of have like God in the back of my mind saying like, you need to make sure that you're putting these people ahead of yourself. You're checking in on them. So for me, it's giving them a call when I see something that reminds me of them. If I'm driving the car and I saw a billboard and I was like, oh, you know, I really thought about my friend Katie. I'm going to give mm -hmm. her a call. And I give mm -hmm. her a call and I check in on her. Yeah. Um, it's remembering somebody had a doctor's appointment and I call about mm -hmm. an hour after their appointment and yes. say, hey, how was your doctor's appointment? Is yeah. there anything you want to talk about? Um, and then just sitting with them in their peace and in their times of need, um, mm -hmm. just saying, you know, do you want to pray about this or do you want to just sit with God and, and sit with me in this and sit through it? So I think for me, uh, the way I read that question was just to really have God in the back of your mind in every relationship you enter to where God's always thinking about us. He's always putting us first. So mm -hmm. when you enter a relationship, you're thinking about that person, you're putting that person mm -hmm. in front of yourself. And you are so good at that. I hear, you. You, I hear you all the time. Like I can think of many, many examples of where you were even getting food from the food bank for a family that you know is going through a struggle or yes. going and we're having a girl's cheer up night because someone's going through a struggle. I, I hear you talking about that all the time. So. Thank you. Yes, I love I love um, cheer up parties. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you call it, cheer up parties. Yeah, cheer up parties, know? yes, because I, I like to be an actions person and a moving person. And yeah. I'm like, listen, I'm going to meet you in your sadness mm -hmm. um, and, and we can sit about, we can pray about it, we can sit in this mm -hmm. moment um, but we're going to have a plan and we're going to move forward. We're going to yeah. be an actions person. So like, let's pray about it. Let's sit through this. And then let's, let's get ourselves out of this. Oh, so so I, I like to kind of be that nudge to be like, okay, this, we've had our moment mm -hmm. and now we're going to put this into action and we're going to have a better day tomorrow. I love that. And <laughs> that, that is, that is truly, that is truly it. And that's so brave too, to be able to put yourself in so completely, because I'm sure you're not always getting out to the same degree. But you're right. That's what God calls us to do. Mm -hmm. And it's our response to that unlimited grace that God provides for us. And you're being that for friends. So that's really beautiful. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It really is. 
Yeah, you are a witness. You know, as I thought about living as a Christian, it's really, I think, responding to what God's doing in my life and, and paying that forward. And God has done a lot in my life for me. And so my best way to show my gratitude is to try to bless others. And on Sunday, we had a volunteer appreciation event up at the camp. And, you know, I handed out post-its for like, who is the person responsible for getting you to Potosi Pines the first time, right? Who did that? Who mm-hmm. got you here? And then on another post-it, who are the people that you have gotten here, you know? And when you think about it, it's like, you know, one person invited me to camp. Dr. John Blackwell was the pastor that I first uh, worked with at um, University Church, and he got me there. Of course, I got hooked. And when you think about one person, like his, just him taking the time to invite me there, mm-hmm. And then the time that I've taken to invite really hundreds of people yes. 25 years later. Um, but I think it's just that you are paying it forward and it just multiplies. And so I think that's living as a Christian. So, all right. Well, we will continue on reading Pastor David's devotional. And he says, this past Sunday, Reverend Lee Weber preached. During his sermon, he challenged us as followers of Jesus Christ to practice our faith each day. Pastor Lee offered three ways to us experience to experience revival in our own spiritual lives. The first was for us to read the Gospels. Jesus taught us much about revival and living life to its fullest. I have many favorite teachings from Jesus, including not everyone who cries, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father and judge not lest you be judged and forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And Love your enemy and pray for those who want to harm you and do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He can go on and on. He's always, he's funny. He's like, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I'm like, well, that's 152. <laughs> so he has many favorites. So his question is, um, how about you? As you think about Jesus teachings, is there a favorite verse or story that comes to your mind? I think it changes with every season of life I enter into, but I actually have a really wonderful story to share. So I'm very glad this question came up on Sunday. So just two days ago, um, I was helping Lydia teach uh, Sunday school, the 11 o'clock service. And I like to do everything along with the kids when they're in the class. So when we're participating, I'm like, I'm coloring right along with them. And when Mm -hmm. we're doing um, like sword drills or scripture search, like I'm grabbing my Bible off the table too. And I grabbed just the top Bible and we were searching for the scripture. And as I'm flipping the pages, there was a leftover scripture in it. And it was not even in the one that we were looking for, but it was a leftover scripture that was in the Bible. And I'm going to read it because I took it home with me. And it says, "Um, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. And that was uh, John 14, verse 27. And I had kind of looked at Lydia kind of with like shock and awe in my eyes because I was like, that is the exact verse that I needed to hear. Truly. And because I, I had passed it to Lydia and I was like, what is this? And she read it and she gave it back to me. And she goes, uh, this is your verse. Mm-hmm. And I read it and I was like, oh, wow, this is this is my verse. This is the verse for me. So I took it home and I had it in my car for a while. And then I, I went home to my Bible and I, um, went and highlighted the verse and I put Mm -hmm. the paper in there and it was just left over from the fourth grade Bibles party when they Mm -hmm. were doing, uh, sword drills. And it was just one that had gotten left behind. It was the only one in the Bible. And 
that was my moment where I was like, wow, totally. that's, yep. that's for me. And God is, is speaking directly Ugh. to me in this moment. So I was like, okay. So in this season of life, that is my Bible verse. I love that's that. Awesome. Yes. I love that. And I, I've had friends who have just like randomly sent me a scripture and it's amazing how many times it's like, that is exactly what I need on this day. So yes. that's wonderful. What about you, Tracy? Well, um, the one I thought about is, is kind of a, um, a weird one, um, but I tend to have a fondness for some of those that are um, a little less off the beaten path there um, because you kind of, you have to wrestle with it and you have to kind of sit with it and, and what does this mean and, and what do I take from this? Um, so this, the scripture I, ch- I thought about sharing was um, the story of the Seraphonician woman uh, comes from Mark. Um, and it's, I'll just recap it briefly, but um, it's just a few verses. And Jesus has kind of gone off of his little, um, he's out of his zone. He's out of his normal area and he's trying to get away for a break. You know, we see that in the scripture several times. And this is one of those times where he's trying to get away and, and just have a moment. I mean, you know, we all need those moments to regroup. Um, and the scripture doesn't say, but this woman winds up um, having this encounter with him. Doesn't The scripture doesn't tell us how she manages to get in to see him, but she's begging him for healing for her daughter. Um, it says that her daughter's possessed um, with an evil spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus responds in a very unusual way, um, a not typical Jesus way. Um, he tells her, I'm paraphrasing, but he tells her uh, that it isn't right to take the food from the children and feed it to the dogs. Um, and so he's basically, you know, calling her a dog. Um, and keep in mind, this is a foreign woman, this is a not Jewish woman, and this is a woman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's got some pretty big strikes against her um, from the culture of those days. And so then Jesus kind of gives her this sort of harsh, seemingly harsh response. And I love, the thing I love about the story is her response. She responds, yeah, yeah. She doesn't try to argue. Mm-hmm. She doesn't try to deny it. She doesn't try to talk him down from it. But she says, yes, but even the dogs get some of the crumbs from the children. And Jesus' response is, your faith is, you know, he's impressed by her faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and he immediately heals the daughter. Um, and I just love the courage of the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, and I'm sure it was out of desperation too. I mean, you know, you can imagine she's probably gone to every healer, every doctor, every, you know, thing available to her to try to find healing for her daughter. Um, and so this courage and this desperation, you know, allows her to just boldly, um, challenge Jesus really in a way. Um, and, and his response is really that loving response we're, we're expecting, you know, that, mm-hmm. um, and praising her for her faith. Um, so that's just one that I really, I really enjoy the weirdness of it and the kind of having to wrestle with what does this mean? What do I take from this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just reminds us that, you know, we can speak boldly and we can, um, ask for what we need and, and, you know, the response isn't always what we want, um, especially right away, um, but that that faith remains, and then hopefully then our, you know, our, our response comes. Very true. And you, tr- you, Tracy is always really good at camp. Sometimes the curriculum will come, and I'm like, ah, oh, we're not going to touch this one. She's like, yes, we are. <laughs> like, really? We're teaching this? <laughs> we did teach this one yeah. a couple years ago. We didn't with uh, elementary kids. No. But, and it was great to watch the senior high kids, like, wait, Jesus says that? Are you sure? You know, mm-hmm. and, and like, well, wait a minute. We know the character of Jesus. So what do we take from this? Yeah. What do we do with this? And, th- and they really worked through the process and they were able to really um, come to understand it in a great way. So it was fun. Yeah, that is great. 
That is great. Well, my scripture is Matthew 18, 4. It says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And actually, this picture and scripture has been on my wall for like 25 years. And it's actually meant different things to me throughout the years. Um, you know, we talk about the humbling, but I think right now what it means to me is just that relying on God, like just um like children, they do, they have no choice but to rely on their parents because their basic needs cannot be met. Um, and so I think that relying on God and also like children's job is to just be learning. Like that is your job. And I used to tell it to my kids, your job is just to learn. That's it. That's all you got to do right now. And if we are trying to humble ourselves like children in the kingdom, we should always be learning. So Anyway, um, all right, so Pastor David goes on to say, Pastor Lee also reminded us of the importance of reflecting upon Scripture and praying. Take a moment to reflect on your favorite Scripture or story. And his question is, what does Jesus' word mean to you today? Why is that message important in your life? And does thinking about these questions cause you to think of another teaching of Jesus? And if so, reflect on them. So it's Tracy, we'll start with you. Well, of course, you know, reading the scriptures is is always a great way to help move your faith along, um, encourage you when you need that special verse, you know, that comes Mm -hmm. to you in just the right moment. Um, So being active in the scripture is really important, um, and not just the Gospels, but but throughout the scriptures. Um, And um, does it remind me of another scripture? I think my Seraphonician woman reminds me of another very bold woman. Um, the the verse, the, her story is titled The Woman with the Issue of Blood, which is not a great title, but um, <laughs> um, that's her. That's how she's known. We don't know her name. Um, and it's the story where she reaches out and touches the hem of Jesus' garment and is healed. Um, and she's another example uh, of a brave moment in faith. You know, again, maybe an act of desperation, um, but but stepping out in faith and and looking for that healing and finding her moment um, with Jesus. And uh, shameless plug, that is the scripture verse we're going to be using um, for our women's retreat this spring, uh, May 7 and, nope, 6 and 7, I believe it is. Um, and we're going to be diving deeper into that that scripture verse. So I've been studying that one a little bit um, more myself. Um, so that one always ties in a little bit with the Seraphonician woman as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And... I do love the women's retreat, so yeah. glad you got that plug in. Yeah, it's a little early for the plug, but get it on your calendar. Come join us. Never too early. It's yes. the weekend before Mother's Day, so That's I always right. tell, all right, you can send your mom up there to the retreat go. and clean the house while she's gone. So That's yes. a perfect right? self-care <laughs> gift yes. for yourself, there you too. Go. That's yeah. a great idea. To get yeah. up there I know, and right? self-care, exactly. Yeah. There you go. All right, so Lindsay, what about you? So the verse I just shared earlier that had appeared to me on Sunday, I think it reminds me mostly of the story of having faith as small as a mustard seed. Mm -hmm. And ever since I was little, I've always really been drawn to that story. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe it's just because it's so widely advertised. When I was little, I remember going into like the family Christian bookstore and you could get the bracelet and the earrings and the necklace and everything is the mustard seed. And I remember just holding a pair of earrings in my hands and looking at how remarkably small a mustard seed is. Yeah. And I think in the season of life I'm in right now is just to continuously have faith um, 
and being reminded of you only need faith as small as a mustard seed. And I'd like to think that my faith is much bigger than that. Um, mm-hmm. So just putting your faith out there and continuously to be moved um, by God's word and by the love of Jesus um, has been so uh, important in my life right now. With this season, we this has been a rough year. Everybody, everybody's right? talked about like 2020 was rough. 2020 wasn't bad for me, but 2021 has I been know. just really challenging. It's been a really challenging year. And I laugh about it because it's almost comical. Like, well, what else is on my bingo card? Oh, no. I was telling Liddy on Sunday, I was like, you know, if I had a bingo card for 2021, I would be going for a blackout because <laughs> I, I have just had, I've just hit all of the funny yeah. things I have. And and when that scripture popped up, um, my my dog had passed away the night before. So I came into church already just feeling a little heavy on my heart. And then that scripture came in the Bible to me. And it just reminded me of having a small amount of faith that can move mountains. Mm-hmm. And to keep continuously waking up every morning with faith that can move the mountains. And not to, re- I feel like getting stuck in worrying about what your struggle is and something happens like for example for my dog had passed away like being stuck in that sadness um could be a really big struggle but for me reading the bible verse remembering the story of the mustard seed is to remember tomorrow is a different day and mm-hmm. we're going to continue on and we're going to go handle ourselves we're going to yeah. do what we need to do and I have two young children and my, my children are four and six and they grew up with this dog and it's, it's my husband. And I grew up with it. We've had him forever. And for my children, it's been remarkable watching their faith. And it reminds me of the mustard seed. So the night um, our dog passed away, I sat our children down and I, I told them, I was like, you know, uh, Nico went to heaven to go be with God. And my kids were just heartbroken. We knew it was coming. He was 19 years old. And so we have been talking about it for the last couple of years, really. Yeah. Um, we've just said, you know, every day we have with Nico is a gift. Yes. Um, but he he's getting older and he is going to go be with God. And that night we were talking about the body. And the way I've explained it is Nico's body was left here. But the love in his heart and the memories in his brain went to go be with God. Mm. And so we were sitting, we were laying in bed and my, my children were crying. And I was like, you know, if you're feeling sad, talk to God. So my four-year-old in her little voice that was just the hyperventilating, you know, they're trying to talk and they're the, <gasps> yeah, yeah. in between oh, the sadness. Oh, I yeah. know it was so sweet. And she just, she was like hyperventilating and she had this sweet little voice and she just said, God, thank you so much for taking Aww. Nico and didn't make us do it. And cause we had been talking about, you know, if, oh. if Nico doesn't pass away on his own, we have to help him. And we Ugh. didn't want to do that. And we wanted to wait. And she, in that moment of sadness turned to thank God. And mm-hmm. that was completely on her own. That wasn't wow. with me saying like, Oh, we need to be thankful. Like I was just, mm-hmm. I was meeting them in their sadness. I wasn't trying to mm-hmm. teach a lesson of it. I was just trying to be there and hug them and comfort them and it was my four-year-old that turned it into thanking and praising god and Mm -hmm. that night she just said god thank you so much and please please be with nico and he really likes when you when you pet him so put him up on your lap tonight and just pet him for me and she's (laughs) like good night jesus i love you and it was so sweet 
And I was like, okay, that was such a wonderful prayer. And she looks over at me and she just has the most serious voice. And she goes, mom, tell Jesus you love him and say goodnight. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I love you, Jesus. Good night. Oh, and that's kind of, since that happened, great. that's kind of been our thing. So instead of ending our prayer in like, in Jesus name, we pray, it's Good night, God. I love you. Oh, and for, for my two kids, that's how they end their prayers. And I love that. And I love having the faith like a child. And mm-hmm. I, I'm reminded every day being with them yep. to have that type of faith. And losing our dog has just brought us even closer together. Yeah. So um, um, it has. we've been making a miracle out of it. So it's been wonderful. Well, and you know, you say you didn't tell them or teach them what to say there, but mm-hmm. I think you have. Mm-hmm. I think they've watched you respond. There have been so many times when like Liddy will say, oh, pray for Lindsay. She's this. And I'm like, I just saw her. Like, what do you mean? Like, she seemed totally fine. And knowing that, you know, you're going, you've, well, pretty much every week this year, right? There's something going there's, on. There's something wife. going every single week. But yes. you would not know that if you didn't know it. Yes. And not only that, you've given them a, a roadmap of how to deal with grief. They'll mm-hmm. remember that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, life, I and mean, they're going to face grief again, mm-hmm. you know, as we all do. Um, and you've given them some really powerful tools. Um, and it's just really beautiful story. It really Thank is. Yeah. It really is. And that that's kind of at camp, right? We just, all we can leave them with is, you know, yeah. you're going to leave and your counselors aren't there and we're not there. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see you next year. But in the meantime, you know, God's there. And so, and that's when I think about the scripture, mine always, I, I love the ones I love, you know, it is true. Have faith like a child, but but for me, like, do not be a stumbling block in the faith of mm-hmm. a child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for God, that's, that's, we're all children, right? But, yes. but, but I, as we all work with children, we have for, you know, lots of our, is, is that's one thing that I really carry with me. It's like, whatever you do, don't be a stumbling block in their faith, you know, to help them to don't, don't sometimes people in the well-intended Christians can turn people, turn children and of all ages away from faith and so by being you know a little too legalistic or whatever it is mm-hmm. and kind of turning them off so yeah and I think that's I think that's wonderful to to have that my six-year-old is very inquisitive and he was always asking me questions he's like well when we get to heaven what's going to happen or he's asking me different mm-hmm. things and I always like to say well bud you know as much as I do <laughs> oh, true because it's true neither <laughs> yeah. one of us know the answers to that so yeah. I said I always say, um, when it comes to knowledge of heaven, we have the same knowledge. Oh. And that way we, I'm like, we can, we can look in the scripture and see if it says something specific. But I said, you know, we'll find out when we get there yeah. and, and that'll be something we can look forward to. Yeah. So it's kind of like taking pressure away. Um, but it's also letting him know that, Hey, mom doesn't know the answers to mm-hmm. these things. We don't, there's no adult that knows the right thing to say yeah. in for what what's heaven going to be like what, where is heaven and and all these things so i always just like to end it with you know our knowledge is the same yeah we're we're on equal playing ground when it yeah. comes to heaven so yeah that's beautiful all right going on with the devotional pastor david says finally pastor lee called upon us to take christian action risks early in the sermon pastor lee said we can live in the land of excuses and miss really living The Christian life requires much of us, and it is not always easy. It requires us to think seriously about the will of God and how as Christians we spend our time and our money. It requires us to think seriously about doing no harm and doing good in the world. And so his question is, what does taking Christian action risk mean to you? Is it hard to take a risk for the Lord? What are some of your challenges to taking faith risks? 
So, Lindsay, let's go back to you. Okay. Oh, this is a tough one. It was hard. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one. Um, so I grew up in the church. I always have. Um, mm-hmm. But my dad did not. So I, I love this story. Um, my mom brought me to church when I was little, mm-hmm. growing up, and every Sunday morning was my the day my dad did yard work. Every <laughs> Sunday. So we would we would pull out of the driveway to head to church mm-hmm. and my dad would just wave his like shirtless wave while he's mowing the lawn. <laughs> the shirtless um, dad wave. The shirtless dad wave, like with the classic um like tennis shoes and just uh the rebounds and everything. So it's great. And and my mom would always say, like, we just need to pray for dad um to come to church. Cause my dad actually grew up Mormon mm-hmm. and he left the Mormon church as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And he had never gone back to church after that. And so I grew up with a dad that did not come with us on Sunday. Mm. And I went through, I started in um, youth group and I was one of the youth like leadership representatives is what it was called back in the day. And I was the only one. <laughs> so um. we, I would go to all the adult meetings. It would be the youth pastor, myself, and then our parent volunteers. And we would have to sit there and talk about uh, upcoming plans, the struggles that we're facing as a youth group. And then they would ask me like, um, my opinion. Mm. And I remember we had a mission trip coming up and the problem was we did not have a male chaperone. Oh, sounds yeah. so very familiar. <laughs> I know that story. And I was so excited. Cause I was like, I shot my hand up and I was like, my dad never <laughs> takes vacation time. So he has a whole bunch of it. Saved. Oh yeah. And I was like, you just call my dad. Cause he'll do it. My dad had not been to church. He <laughs> just was not involved. And my the youth pastor reached out to my dad and was like, well, Lindsay said that you volunteered. And my dad's like, oh, did she now? <laughs> and he didn't want to let me down because my dad had oh, been, wow. he came to everything. He like never missed soccer, or dance, whatever I was doing. He never missed it. Um, so he didn't want to let me down. So oh, he's like, wow. okay, I'm going to do it. So he was the only male chaperone. And at the time, it was my dad driving a minivan full of rowdy kids. <laughs> and then it was our youth pastor. And then at the time, it was the associate pastor. And those were the only three people that went on this um, youth mission trip. We went down to uh, Phoenix, yeah. Arizona, and we worked at UMOM, United Methodist Outreach Ministries, yeah. for the week. And after that trip, when my dad truly got to know the associate pastor and truly got to know the youth pastor, he started coming to church. Wow. And he eventually came to where if my mom and I weren't going that day, he was still going to go. And all of a sudden, he's like signing my mom and him up to be greeters. And then they were the cookie people. Yeah. And they were like, he would sit in Sunday service. And when it was time to go shake everyone's hand, like my dad took on like the role of the pastor and just like went aisle to aisle yeah. and shook everyone's hand. Yeah, it's hands. really true, right? When the pastor's just like, okay, turn to the people around you. My dad's like, no, no, everybody <laughs> here. And he's just going up and down yeah. the aisle. Um, so sitting with him not being religious and then watching him wow. grow into this was just so awesome. Mm. And it was just something that's so yeah. cool. And I love this story and I love talking about it when people – um, ask me like, cause I always say I grew up in the church. So they always assume I had two parents that yeah. were in the church. And I was like, no, that's not the case. I was like, my dad didn't start coming until I was about 13, 14. And he just dove in. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he was all there. And all I was because like, of an invitation. <laughs> all because of an invitation. Yes. So it was great. Beautiful. He was, he was voluntold, but yeah. <laughs> it was, it was great. And, and he wow. has really, 
um, found faith. And when he doesn't co, when the pandemic kind of hit, they were still listening online. Yeah. And he continued his faith and it kind of restored the faith from what he lost as a teenager. That's a, that is a beautiful story. I also grew up in Utah and I also quit going to church, the Mormon church when I was 16. Because Did I'm you? Like, this, this is harsh. So for me at the yes. time, so I can, I can relate to that. So wonderful. Well, what about you, Tracy? Um, that's a tough story to follow. But, um, <laughs> it's really great. Um, I am not by nature a risk taker. Um, <laughs> we joke about this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I really had to kind of sit with this one a little bit. Like what? what are, what are you asking me here? You know what? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've already answered the, you know, the, the other one about, you know, you know, we got to pray. We know, you know, those mm-hmm. things, we know, we know the big things. Um, but I think for me, what I decided that this one comes down to trust. Mm. Um, do we really trust that God's going to do what he says? Oh. Um, do we really trust, especially like around things like money? Um, you know, do we really trust that if, if we're giving as we are supposed to, that God will provide, Mm -hmm. um, you know, do we really trust, uh, that God is really there for us, even when our prayers are not answered in the way that we want them to, um, do we really trust when the world feels very chaotic and we don't know what's around the corner? I mean, we've just been hit with thing after thing after, you know, and it's, it would be easy to go, you know, this is, there's no God in this. Um, but we really... I think the the risk there is we have to trust that even in the chaos, um, mm. even in the scary and, you know, the awful, that God is there, that God is in control, mm-hmm. um, and we have to continue putting that faith forward. Um, and in all of our decisions, um, you know, career moves, health decisions, um, the way we treat our body, I mean, are we trusting that God... Mm really does view us as a temple when we, you know, those kinds of things. So I think it comes down to a personal trust in God. And and that's hard. Um, You know, God sometimes does ask us to take leaps of faith, um, risks, um, and put our faith out there. Um, So I think that's, for me, the the bottom line is trust. Mm -hmm. Um, And and knowing that, that God will do the things and be the things that he says and he tells us over and over again in Scripture. Um, And that we know to be true, um, just in our relationship and the, in the way that we've, you know, grown closer to God and we've seen him in action. So, you know, that trust, you got to really rely on that trust and Mm -hmm. and be willing to, um, step out in things like money and, and health and, uh, you know, surviving this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I see you all the time with camp. I mean, trusting that I, you know, that's a lot of trust that you have and you were a real model for me during the pandemic too, because you just had to keep moving forward, trusting that, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing and that this was, you know, yeah, Yeah, it's been a weird time for everyone, but you know, you just do the next right thing, I guess, is what you, you know, and and trust that God is in it, even if it doesn't always feel like it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. When I thought about this question, I went back to the idea of living a life of faith needing to be living a life of growth. And I think, you know, as Christians, there's no such thing as, okay, I have arrived. I'm there. I've got it. You know, we're, we're always learning and should continue to be learning. And so um, I had a chance this week to learn from someone in the church in a way that was really meaningful for me. And I've been chewing on it because I do that for a while. But I manage the prayer chain for the church. So people send their prayer requests and I send them out and I had made a comment um, about do no harm and that I don't think that, you know, most of the times that we intend to do harm. Mm-hmm. 
um, when we hurt other people. And, you know, someone really showed me the other side of that, that, you know, in fact, because this is a person who has been harmed by people who intended and knew full well that they were harming him and his wife and his people. And, and so it really gave me a moment to step, to step back and to really consider his point of view. And number one, I really appreciated that he reached out to me to say, no, I've been harmed by people that, that knew I've seen people be harmed Mm -hmm. and people knew that they were sinning, that they were doing wrong by, by us. And I really value someone that is willing to show that side of it. And I'm like, okay, so what's my lesson in this? Cause I am a glass half full. I want to be like, Oh, we're all just, you know, doing the best we can. And sometimes we're not doing the best we can. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people, um, are not. And so I think for me, yeah, there are people of color who are being harmed. There are people with different um, orientations that are being harmed or of different religions that are being harmed and people, people know that they're doing wrong. And mm-hmm. so as I thought about it, well, what's my lesson? Where's, where's my growth in this? And it's like, I think it's having the courage to speak up more. The do no harm is, well, first of all, for myself, educate myself. Like, oh, this thing, if you say that, that's harmful. And, and, and I appreciate people whenever they tell, we'll share that, you know, I always appreciate those people, but it's not just for our own selves, but it's also having the courage to speak up when someone's doing that. Like, hey, you know what? That's not, that's really not okay. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. And so, um, yeah, I appreciate those people that can help us to see that. I think my harm of just saying, my I harmed people just by saying, I don't think any of us really mean to do harm. I mean, that I think that hurts some people in just saying that and not recognizing that. No, some of you have been actually truly harmed. Yeah. In, in being trying to be positive, you mm-hmm. were almost uh, inadvertently dismissing it. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And right. I did not, it, I was so thankful. And this is a church member that I, he, I love him because he's always, he'll send me, you know, feedback on things. And I, th- I thought, oh, that is so awesome that he would share that with me mm-hmm. and help educate me and really give me like, I've had a few days to chew on that. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to chew on this for a minute. I'm going to get back to you. But yeah, I really was. I it was dismissive, and mm-hmm. that was that was harmful. And not your intent, but not no. my intent at no, all. No, but absolutely. but well, now I know better, so I'm going to do better. That's <laughs> just what I was going to say. It comes down to education and the fact that you were willing to chew on it, to think on it, yeah. um, own your piece of it. Yep. And now you'll do you know you'll do things differently. Um, so I think that's really a big part of our own responsibility. We have to educate ourselves um, to understand the issues and the the complicated things more. Um, and, and try to do better. Yeah. And sometimes we don't want to make waves mm-hmm. so we don't speak up. And I hate waves. Yes. <laughs> I really hate them. But it reminds me of what we've been talking to the kids about in Sunday school. We've been like reviewing uh, facts about John Wesley. Yeah. And one of the facts that really stuck with me, because I didn't, I didn't know much about him. Mm-hmm. And b- being in the Sunday school room with the kids, I've just learned so much. Uh, but one of the things that really stuck with me is how John Wesley felt like a half Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that I feel like something as simple as a statement where you tried to be positive and it came off as dismissive to a group of, of people. Yes. Um, it just feels like almost that half Christian that John Wesley yes. was. Because totally. you're not you're not meaning to be yeah. um, harmful, hurtful, negative whatsoever. In fact, right. you're the opposite. You're trying to be positive and uplifting and um, inspirational. And it reminds me just kind of where John Wesley was in his time of being Mm -hmm. a half Christian. So it's something that I try to keep in the back of my mind as well, that um, if John Wesley, the founder of the church, felt like a half Christian, then 
that's probably where I am too. So right. it's like, I need to take a look at where I am in my faith and how am I taking risks um, for the Lord on a day-to-day basis? And how am I interacting with all of God's people? Because that's another thing that I have to think about is even the people that you just look at, you just have an interaction with and you're like, oh my gosh, you're so frustrating. Like, yeah. I just don't ever want to mm. like have an interaction with you again. <laughs> uh, in the back of my mind, I have to tell myself, okay, this this is God's people too. Yes. Um, so we need to yeah. just take a minute and whether you agree with them or not, um, you are all God's people. Mm-hmm. And True. you just have to kind of have that in the back of your mind that um, even if you don't agree that, some you can't understand you can't put yourself in their shoes like you don't understand how it was dismissive or how somebody's been hurt you're like no these you need to listen to them they they're yes. telling you their story and these yeah. are you, these are your brothers and sisters in Christ these are all of God's people right. and God wants you to take risk for his children yes so yeah. it kind of ties it all it really ties does it, all in. it really mm-hmm. does and i love his bravery for reaching out and saying oh, that me too and i love your bravery for mm-hmm. owning it and i feel like that's something that i try to do in a day-to-day life is if i did something to wrong you please tell yep. me please, yes. like don't just go yeah. about your day and pretend it didn't happen or yes. never want to speak to me again yeah if i did something that was taken the wrong way or you however it came across let me know. Please yes. tell me because that's a part of owning up to um, being a Christian and taking yeah. the risks and sometimes the risks pay off. And, and I love when somebody can come up and I love constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. I love You const- really do. I, I know. do. I love <laughs> constructive criticism. I know it's not for everybody, but I'm all about it. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, hey, come listen to what I have to say and tell me all of the things. I want to yeah. hear the good, the bad, the ugly. I want to hear everything. Because you can't grow if you don't hear, if you're only hearing like, oh, that's so good, that's so good. Then if you're if you're at a place where you're like, oh, I, it's good, then yeah. there's no need mm-hmm. to try to strive totally. for something else. There's no need to try totally. to grow in it. So I love hearing the like, well, it was great, but you uh-huh. could have done this better. Or exactly. this, this didn't really sound right. Or I feel like you might hurt someone's feelings saying this. So I'm yeah. like, tell me everything. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to grow as a Christian. I want to grow as a person and grow in my faith. So I love, I mm-hmm. love the constructive criticism. I'm like, yes, tell me all the things. And then we're going to, we're going to move on tomorrow and we're going to make it better. Yeah. Well, and especially like in this case with this, you know, from the church member, um, he had, he has made many deposits of, you know, positive, like the feedback has been mm-hmm. very positive. Yes. There you go. So when he has something to say that he, and he's like, I don't, I want you to know I'm not being negative, but when he has something to say for me to consider, it's like he already had put all those deposits in the bank of the feedback. I'm like, okay, I need to listen to him. So. Yeah. You're going to ask your trusted people to come and give constructive criticism. You don't want someone to just tear it apart. Yeah. You know, that's not helpful, but your trusted people that you know have mm-hmm. made deposits. I like the way yeah. you put that. Um, and you've got that relationship already built. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Exactly. I appreciate that. All right. So can finishing up his devotional, Pastor David says, to end this series of devotionals on revival, there are two stories from the life of John Wesley I want to share. First, at age 75, John Wesley led in building City Road Chapel in London. Once completed, Wesley asked, which impresses you more? A church building's external furnishings and finery or the inner beauty of God's work in the human heart? We know the answer to the question. Such is the beauty of the work God is doing in you. God may not be finished with you yet, but God's work within you is a beautiful thing. Second, at age 87, John Wesley died. As he was taking his final breaths, Wesley tried to sing, 
at Isaac Watts hymn. I'll pray my maker while I've breath, and when my voice is lost in death, praise shall employ my nobler powers. My days of praise shall ne'er be past, while life and thought and being last or immortality endures. And so his question is, imagining the end of your life as you are taking your final breaths, is there a hymn you would hope to be able to sing? Why wait? How about singing it now today? So Tracy gets to sing the first hymn today. Oh, uh-huh. not, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody wants that. <laughs> um, uh, well, I get to sing this a lot. Part, one of the perks of being camp director is you get to pick a lot of the music True. that gets to be sung. True. Um, and so... Um, We use the song Sanctuary very often at camp, Mm -hmm. and we use it as sort of a transition song to sort of clue people in that, like, here we go, into lesson time, get ready, let's Mm -hmm. prepare to be a sanctuary. Um, And um, some people may not know there's actually a second verse to that Mm -hmm. that we sing often at camp, and it's the second verse Mm. um, that is most powerful for me, Me um, and it says, when he comes back with shouts of glory and our work on earth is done, how I long to hear him saying, faithful servant, well done. Doesn't that get you every time? Right? Yes. Every I mean, time. You know, that would be the song to sing uh, as you're going out. So I think that would be my answer to the question. And P.S. Tracy texted me last night, like, that's my song. Because she knows that. <laughs> that's my song, too. She goes, I already dibs. Dibs on this song. Yes. <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to make sure we yeah. were going to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Lindsay? Um I love the song, Lord, I Lift Your Name on High. Yes. And I love it for very many reasons. I learned it in camp at mm-hmm. Codice. I bet you did. And I learned the dance moves. And every <laughs> yep. time it's sung in church, mm-hmm. uh, the music director here, Katie Beal, she's one of my very best friends. So um, I'll text her and I'm like, hey, uh, since I'm your best friend, do I get to request songs? Nice. Or... <laughs> and oh, I good, always request it. And she's like, Lindsay, I'm not doing that one again. As long as you still do the dance moves. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I do. That's right. Oh, right. That's right. I do. I'm in the back. I'm in the back and I'm making the most of my of my space. <laughs> that's great. Uh, making like, the most of your space. I'm making that's the most. Good. The, the six feet has been real nice lately because I've, <laughs> I've, got, I've got all that extra arm space to just that's praise the nice. Lord. <laughs> uh, but I love the... Um, Lord, I lift your name I high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save me. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be the song mm-hmm. that would be singing in my heart because he really has given me such a wonderful life. Mm. And I'm trying to remind myself every day of how wonderful it is because uh, I think it's it's so easy to get in the moment of like your struggles and like I've talked about how this year has just been Uh, wild. wild. So it's, it's easy to, to get into the, you know, I just don't see an end in sight and it's just one thing after the other. And there's so much burden. There's so much on my plate. Uh, But then you stop and you sing the hymn and you realize you need to put it all down, put it at the feet of God because he can, he can take it. He's going to take your burden. He's going to take your worry start each day brand new because it god's there to carry your burden mm. it, he, it doesn't need to be a chip on your shoulder it doesn't need to be a heavy weight on your back um, that's just really bringing you down every day so i like to think that when i'm taking my last breath i just am so very thankful for the life that god has given me and i hope that i think i look back and say i really truly gave my all to everybody I really, truly lived a wonderful 
life that Jesus would be proud of. Mm. That's so I think that would be my song. That is beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So silly story about that song, um, which has nothing to do with your story, but just a funny side note. Uh, camper many years ago we sing that a lot at camp yes and there's a line in the song that talks about my debt to pay yes and camper came and asked me why are we singing about a dead to pay so <laughs> now every time i hear that song i have to think about a dead to pay anyway it's great I sorry love sidebar <laughs> no i love that oh that's that's wonderful <laughs> i love both of those songs um but, but I thought my song, I actually, you know, I didn't grow up going to church except, you know, softball season and the Mormon church and the songs are different there. But anyway, I thought this was an Anne Murray song, Just a Closer Walk With Thee. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, this is like a church song. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but I love that. Um, Just a Closer Walk With Thee. Grant it, Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to thee. Let it be. Dear Lord, let it be. But of course the the... Uh, when my feeble life is o'er, time for me will be no more. Guide, guide me gently, safer or to thy kingdom's shore, to thy shore. And I think, you know, that's right. That's what we want to, we want to walk closer with Jesus here on this earth. And also that's where we want to walk home. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Chris, you must have a song all these years. Come on. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would do Amazing Grace, but okay. to uh, House of the Rising Sun. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. one of my favorites. Okay. Um, okay, so Pastor David N saying, Praising God is our life. Thanks be to God. God bless you, and I will see you in church, Pastor David. You can always find us wherever you listen to podcasts uh, and also on our website and on Facebook. And I uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, but let's close in prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you that we, um, as Christians, are always growing and always learning. And we thank you for the people and opportunities that you put in our lives to help us to grow and help us to become more than half Christians because our hearts and our desires to be full Christians and full followers of you. And so we thank you for every opportunity that we have um, to grow closer to you. Let your light shine through us and let us not be a stumbling block in the faith of others, but instead let us... Um, be able to bring people to you um, through the love and light that they see in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, girls and Chris. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. (laughs)